What I'm gonna show you now is something that you can add to your morning ritual that will help bring energy, or what we like to call in the yoga world, prana or life force into your system first thing in the morning. Hank is going to begin this exercise by bringing his arms out into goalpost position, chest tall, and then he's gonna start moving from side to side using his chest as the point of rotation. As you can see, that chest is nice and tall and open. And then after a few repetitions, he's gonna go ahead and twist, dropping his hand in the front and the back of him, lifting up through the center of the spine, and then twisting the spine ever so slightly to get a really good stretch through the thoracic or center spine, which is where our heart lives. And then he's gonna come back, do the same thing to the other side, a few more repetitions. And then he's gonna go ahead and twist over. This spinal twist is detoxifying for all of the organs. It helps to wake up the body, bring the energy and life force from the base of the spine all the way through to the crown of the head. And then he's gonna come on back to center. Hi, I'm Dr. Brad Wolf. This is Living Max Health Podcast. I have a special guest today with me here today. Her name is Miss Allie Faber. They call her the stretch lady. She's a 15 year yoga teacher, veteran. Um, she's a trainer, she's a life coach, and she's got all sorts of experience to help you here to live a healthier life, to age better, to live better. And we're so happy to have her here. So welcome to the show, Thank Allie. Um, we, we're, we're, we're really thrilled because you know what, when you have experts, you have people that really know what they're doing that are working with professionals, they're working with people just like you as well, that we can really begin to change your life. So if you, maybe we can start here, tell me a little bit about how you got into yoga, into your craft, how you started working with athletes, and uh, tell us a little bit about your story. Ooh, that's a nice, big, juicy question. So um, how I started to get into yoga and into my body was, um, first of all, I, had always struggled with my weight. And so when I was about 17 years old, a group of very fit women, young women, befriended me, taught me how to eat, exercise, and be more comfortable in my own body. Through that, I ended up getting my certification to teach group exercise, and I got pretty hooked. So post-college, into my career, super stressed out, I really started to figure out that unless I started taking even better care of my body, it was going to be a very, very challenging and long-term struggle with my health. And that's when I found yoga and meditation. And so yoga and meditation, I found actually in my gym. And it was, I had no idea I was practicing Ashtanga yoga, which is the most vigorous and challenging intense, right, yoga. Right, right, and right. I thought that was yoga. Right. And then all of a sudden I realized there was so much there was so much else out there and so I started to delve and when I started to delve I found yoga studios and I found different environments with different types of practices and I started honing in on what would work for me and through that I started to become very very passionate about not only keeping it for myself but teaching it to other people and I for the second time in my life wished away my corporate job <laughs> got unemployment, thank you very much, government, and was able to put myself through and get my personal training and yoga training um, certification. And when I did that, I started teaching in group environments and realized that I really enjoyed working with individuals as well. So how did you begin then to transition from doing that to then working with athletes? Great question. Yeah. 
So mm -hmm. I started working for someone who had her own business in the personal training business and copied that blueprint model. And by working in a yoga studio, started working with some of my clients privately, that moved into working with individuals. Ended up, a friend of mine was a yoga teacher that was working with um, a professional athlete that was on the NBA team. And she brought me in and they interviewed me, physical interview, which was really scary because I had never worked with an athlete before in my life. And here I am working with 2005 number one draft pick in the NBA and had a session with him and realized I needed more training. So I got more training, more specialized training. And through that got introduced to the team and then became the go-to person for all of the other professional athletes that came into the area. Wow. So I really fell into it, but I have to tell you, it was very intimidating, you know, working with, um, you know, a six foot five person. I'm five four, you can't see that on camera. And it was insane. <laughs> and, but I learned so much so quickly and realized that athletes need a different type of movement or mobility or stretching or yoga than do regular people because they're using their bodies at such an efficient and effective rate, but they're going for the long-term aspects of things, not for the short-term. Well, they want to preserve their career as much as possible, prevent injuries, and make sure that their performance is high as possible. And that's so, my job. And so right, I've right. kept several people in professional athletics for far longer than they thought that their bodies could endure by making sure that we were doing that prehab rehab piece of it and that it wasn't just power, 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 power yoga, that it was actually restorative in nature. And that's where I bring in subject matter experts like physical therapists, athletic trainers, and other folks to help me to hone my practice. So when I'm teaching, I'm not just teaching basic principles of yoga, I'm teaching aspects of the therapeutic pieces of it as well. Got it. So when it, when it comes to teaching people more about the kind of wellness lifestyle, so we talked, you and I yeah. have talked about, a lot about that. And, Absolutely. And, you know, stretching is obviously a component of that, but how do you bring more elements of wellness into the practice so that people can actually improve their lives in that way? It's a great question. So you have to think about what, like what Stephen Covey says, begin with the end in mind. What's our goal? And so when I work with people, I ask them what they want to accomplish and what they're trying to do with their bodies and with their minds. And that's when you can put together the game plan. One of the reasons why I became a life coach. I was doing it anyway, needed to get the certification in the right. background, so I did it. Right. But really thinking about what the holistic goal is. So if you're working with a professional, a CEO, um, somebody who is using their body and their mind from a performance standpoint, more from a mental standpoint, what do they need? They likely need stress management. They likely need breath work. They likely need stretching because they may be um, driving or talking a lot where they're rolling their shoulders forward. In opposition to, let's say, a student athlete, which is a big part of my population, and those folks are using their bodies during a season, a sports season, sometimes daily, every other day, for a game and every day for practice. So what they likely need is the recovery aspect of things, making sure that their joints are staying in alignment, the prehab piece of it, warm-ups, cool-downs, as well as the breath work to calm their body down. But they're looking at a physical performance versus mental performance, and then both of them need to keep their head in the game, whatever game that's in. And then working with a regular person who just really doesn't understand a lot about their body, that's more education. 
understanding what happens when your body becomes stressed and challenged or if you're starting a new exercise regimen, what it's gonna to take to be able to get you to where you want your body to be. And so that would involve making sure that all of those joints are working in the way that they need to be working. So again, beginning with the end in mind, what are we trying to accomplish? And that's how I incorporate the aspects of health into it. I try to interview everybody that I work with. I also have an online program that really helps people to outline what's tight, what's sore, what do they need to work on for themselves. You know, there's a really, it's really nice because you can go online, you can do these, do these exercises yourself in the comfort of your own home. Um, Allie's there with you to be able to teach you exactly what those exercises are. But if you get stuck, you can certainly come, you can contact her and she can help you in, in, in whatever way that you need. So whether you're an athlete or you're a weekend warrior, you're working a day job and you're doing manual labor, there's always resources here for you. So, so talk a little bit about, um, so you, you started working with athletes and in the course of this, you're probably learning a lot about yourself as well. So oh, yes. what is it that you started to learn about yourself that you started incorporating into your own lifestyle? Because ultimately we can teach other people, mm -hmm. but we have to first apply it to ourselves. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So, yes, so yes, yes. tell me a little bit about your own personal practice sure. and, and, and what that looks like. So it's evolved over time. Um, this has been a 15 plus year journey. So when I started, I'm, I was different than where I am right now. So um, initially it involved a lot of physical practice for me, physical yoga practice, and I'm evolving now. Taking classes yes, or? Taking classes and then also doing my own practice. And then what happened was it evolved. And through you and your practice, we've talked about the fact that my body happens to be more mobile than most people. So I started incorporating more of the strength training, cardiovascular aspects into it. And now my mobility training is part and parcel of everything else that I do as opposed to separate. So it used to be very segmented. It would be I go to yoga and then I go to the gym and do my, my, you know, my cardiovascular and I go to the gym and I do my weight training. Now it's all in one. Plus my time has gotten a lot more limited. I've gotten busier, life has changed and shifted for me. And frankly, my body at 46 at this point doesn't need the same thing it needed at 30. And so I'm listening. So that's part of what I've incorporated that I incorporate with my clients. I ask my clients to listen. How difficult is that? We have to sit and be silent and think about, wow, what's going on right now in my body and my mind? And what do I need to get to where I want to be? So I incorporate that with every client and with myself. So when I think about my life and what I need from a health and wellness perspective, I'm asking myself the same questions I ask of my clients. So oftentimes, you know, if you're getting stuck in the moment, you're having stress in the moment, you know, you can take a deep breath and talk a lot about yes. breathing, a lot about body positioning, yes. a lot about posture. Um, yep. And so it's not just one thing, it's learning how to have a multitude of tools that are in your pocket so that you can actually begin to change your stress yes. level, the way that you're sleeping, your energy level, all of these different things. So what, it, what is it that people um, are primarily coming to you at this point for help? Because some things I feel like we can do ourselves. Yeah. And then, and we may do it ourselves, but we don't really understand what it is that we're doing. Yes. And then other people, they're starting literally from square one and, and they need a little bit more guidance or hand holding. 
So what is it that you're seeing coming through your doors that um, people can kind of identify with themselves? Yeah, absolutely. So, so it's, there are different phases and different types of people that come to me. Some people come to me with a completely blank slate. They have no idea what they need to do from a mobility standpoint. They've started to age. They've started to have pain. Maybe they have an injury that's lingering and they don't understand what they could be doing for themselves. So they come to me, I do a full on assessment, figure out what's going on and then give them assignments to work on. So that's one part of the population. Another part of the population is in essence, sometimes a last resort. They are in pain, they don't know what's going on, and they don't know how to fix it. They've tried other avenues, and they have heard stretching and mobility is something I need to incorporate. But how, and why, and what kind? And so those folks, it's an education in understanding what they need based upon what they want. I have a certain segment of the population that doesn't want to go into a gym or yoga studio or public environment. Mm -hmm. They may be a public figure, they may be somebody who's embarrassed, whatever it is, and they want specialized care for specific aspects that they're working with. Or they may be coming to me to say, listen, I want to be able to chase after my kids, my grandkids. I want to be able to go back to running. I want to be able to play tennis, but I have this lingering piece that's going on in my body and I don't know what to do about it. So it's really um, an education process and people coming to me to understand a little bit more about themselves. And as you said, sometimes we can't do that ourselves. Sometimes we don't know the right questions to ask. So through the assessment process, through questioning, through getting to know them, I try to understand that. And the online program duplicates that because there's an assessment process, corrective exercises, both on the dynamic and static side that somebody can incorporate. And then on the life and health coaching side, somebody can do that with me virtually and I have a full on, again, assessment that I go through to figure out what it, exactly it is that they need, where they wanna go and how they're gonna get there. The biggest thing I can say is giving people education and direction. What it, explain the difference between static and dynamic because oh, some absolutely. people may not understand yeah, those oh, terms. And, 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 and here's the thing. So in the video series, I have a whole thing on why you would do which exercise when. So static is actually moving. So you're moving and you're, it's this constant flow of movement. That is more like a warm-up. So, so what would be an example of that? Like doing jumping jacks or doing, I mean, when you say, when you say movement. Static movement, comes movement. In a lot yeah. In ways. So, um, or dynamic movement. So movement meaning moving a joint in time and space in the range of motion that it's intended to do. So a dynamic warm-up for a shoulder would be a shoulder roll in both directions. So the shoulder's a ball and socket joint. You want to get it forward, back. You want to get it in its full ranges of motion all around. So that's dynamic. Okay. That you would do pre or post exercise or standalone. So that's going to give the joint mobility. It's going to give the joint synovial fluid. It's going to help it to move in time and space. It's going to show you where it's tight. That's dynamic. And most of the corrective exercises as part of the series are dynamic in nature for that reason. You're gonna to get to feel what's going on. A static hold is when it stops. So you're in a hold, let's say overhead, shoulder, and you're holding it. So those kinds of stretches are typically best done post-dynamic stretch. 
and either done as a standalone or after exercise. There are studies that have been done that talk about the fact that dynamic are best before, static are best after because static can inhibit strength. And I see so many people, they go, um, I, we, we've done events at running races. Yeah. And of course, everybody's doing static stretches yeah. before Hamstring the race. Hamstring hold. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, what are you right. doing? Right, so what, you know, what, no. what do you think? What, what is it that they need to do differently? I'm, if you're a runner and you're going and you're preparing yes. for a race, what is it that you're recommending that people do from a, from a warm-up standpoint? So um, as part of the video series, there's a whole lower body warm-up, and it's something that I've been teaching runners now for the past 15-plus years and I've trained thousands of runners and pretty much every sport involves running. Um, but basically what you wanna do is you wanna warm up the major joints that you're going to be using. So you wanna do something that's gonna be dynamic, meaning if you're working with the quadricep, you're moving it back and forth in its full range. If you're using, doing the same thing with the hamstring, you're moving back and forth. So even a simple dynamic lunge. You're bending the knee forward and pulling it back. When you pull back, you're gonna pull back with the toes that's gonna to give you that stretch in the hamstrings. That is far better than hiking your leg up on something and doing a static hamstring stretch or doing the static quad stretch where you grab the back of the leg and hold onto it. That's not going to give you the range of motion. Yes, it's going to stretch the muscle, but it's not it's getting it warmed up. It's and you actually- increase the likelihood that you're gonna injure yourself. Yes, yes. so it's yes. very curious that people's perception of stretching pre-race or pre-activity is static. It really needs to be dynamic. And if you think about the athletic paradigm and you think about all of the aspects of a workout, what's the first thing you do? A warm up. Well, That's warm, dynamic. Warm up, I know like when I remember being in school and they would have a stretch, but they were having us do ballistic stretching and bouncing and doing ooh, all sorts okay. of different things. So yes. the misinformation runs so deep and, it is. and I still it see does. people doing ballistic stretching. Yeah, you don't want to um, bounce ever really unless you're doing plyometrics for an intended purpose. Um, you never want to move in such a way that you could injure any of the muscles or any of the joints. So thinking about it as fluidity versus bouncing is gonna help. So if you think about, let's say, you're pouring a glass of water out and you're pouring the glass out and it's in one solid stream versus pouring coming back up, pouring coming back up. That's the same thing with your muscles. They like that consistent movement. Mm -hmm. That's what feels good. And so if you really wanna make sure you're warming yourself up, you're doing it in a way that is sequenced well so you're thinking about all the major joints of the body and the major muscles of the body, and you're doing those in succession versus one isolated muscle, I'm going to stretch my hamstrings because they get tight. That's not the way the body works. As you know, as a mm -hmm. chiropractor, it's not the way the body works. For example, I had an athlete come to me the other day, never stretched before in his life. 18 years old, going to go play division one ball. He's like, I have bad knees. That's what he walked in and said. And I said, okay, we'll, we'll talk about that <laughs> That's in a, a moment. That's a nice start. It's a nice start. He's like, I've got bad knees. This is gonna be challenging for me. I said, okay. We stretched the IT band. We stretched the hamstrings. We stretched the quadriceps. We stretched the psoas. And he said, it's a miracle. My knees don't hurt. I said, do you still think you have bad knees? <laughs> <laughs> because you have to work with what's around it. Right. So if all I'm doing is saying I have bad knees, I'm gonna stretch my knees. 
that's not going to help the root causality of the challenge. Right. It's all connected. It's all connected. It's all connected. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Right? The elbow's connected to the shoulder. Yes. It's connected to the yes, wrist. Yes, it's connected yes, to the yes, neck. Yes. It's connected. Yeah, yeah. I got come in uh, the other day, and he was he he had he was doing tile work, and he was putting all his weight on one oh. hand for like five hours for multiple days. And he ended up actually, I think he injured a nerve. And so he was having trouble actually bringing his pinky in Ooh. this way here. Yeah. But when I was testing him, the problem was really coming from his neck. Yep. And so we're just starting to, do, to work with him. But sometimes we think or we're having a problem in one area, but it's actually coming from somewhere else. So that's very important when you're looking at your own injuries. Oh, absolutely. And that's one of the reasons why I created the video program the way I did, because um, it's set up with the five usual parts of the body that get challenged and they're really the roots of a lot of other challenges. So if somebody can't come to see me or chooses to use the online program, they can self-assess, figure out what's going on and correct it. So by the time they're finished with doing the program itself and all of the different body parts, a lot of times that pain goes away because we've hit the major areas where that could be rooting from, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's nice always when you can do things yourself because oh, yeah. you know sometimes we don't have the time to meet with somebody else or the money or whatever the case is. Or the energy. Or the energy, right? We're, we all have we long, sit in long our, days. Yeah, we want to sit yeah. in our house and do it. And so the program itself, it's called The Stretch Lady, just like me. And it, it literally acts like an app. So you can be sitting in your living room and doing it. Be sitting, going to the gym and doing it. Wherever you are, you have access to that full-on mobility program as opposed to trying to figure it out or watching random YouTube videos. No offense to people who do, but you've got to fully vet out everything you're taking a look at. It's about discernment. And so you want to think about, hey, I can do this, but I can do this in a segmented way. This is a great exercise to wake you up in the afternoon. It's gonna stretch out every major joint in the body and bring more energy into the body so that you can finish your afternoon strong. So what Hank's gonna do is go ahead and start with his ankles. So he's gonna externally and internally rotate. So right now is internal rotation and now is external rotation. You wanna do about three to five repetitions and you can do each side and just very nice and fluidly. And then he's going to move on to his knees, so he'll place his hands on his kneecaps and bend and straighten and bend and straighten. Snaps, crackles, and pops are completely normal, especially if you've been sitting all day. And then what we're going to do is move on to the hips, so he's going to place his hand onto his hips as if you were a little angry two or three-year-old, and you're going to press the hips from side to side. Awesome. And then he can go ahead and let his hands relax at the sides and maybe do a little bit of hip circling. So going in each direction, just making sure you're getting into all of the joints. And then when he's ready, his hands are gonna hang flat at his sides and he's gonna move from side to side, letting his hands slap the sides of his body. So nice and loose, neck is loose, shoulders are loose. And then from here, he's gonna come back to the center and roll his shoulders up, back and down. Nice, just a few times again, three to five repetitions. And then we're gonna do the same thing forward. Excellent. And then we're gonna get into a spot that I hear lots of complaints about, which is the neck. He's gonna take his right ear towards his right shoulder. Let that relax down as the shoulder relaxes down. And for a little extra added bonus, he can take his hand, grab on above his ear, and pull down towards the side. A little deeper stretch. Then he 
can go ahead and do that to the other side, coming back up. And again, for that deeper stretch, if he wants to grab onto the side, awesome. And then he can relax his arms down and he is ready for the rest of his afternoon. So in, in, I know in my own life, I've had issues with injuries at different times. I know that you've also had injuries at different times. Absolutely. What are some people, oftentimes they want tactical yeah. They want real practical stuff that they can do. Yeah. Um, what is it that you have been able to do yourself for your own body that's helped you to get past some of these injuries? Um, so first of all, like we just discussed, um, root causality. Understanding why things are happening. So are they happening because of weakness, because of immobility, because of hypermobility? So to be honest with you, part of it is really seeking out the help of professionals. You know, I've sought your help out. I've sought out the help of many other people to figure out what's going on. So first of all, understanding what's going on, where, where the pain, where the challenge, where the instability is coming from. That may involve self-study, meaning that I can't just now go to the gym without a warm-up and do my workout anymore. Now it's or you may need to stop going to the gym and actually get evaluated before you can go back to that's the gym. That was the other thing I was about to say is sometimes what you've been doing isn't working anymore and you need to figure out what is causing the pain and the challenge. So for me, it's a holistic approach to my life. It's thinking about what I'm ingesting, not only food, but information what I'm doing, how I'm physically taking care of my body, how am I exercising? Is it that I need to take a week off and walk? Do I need to do mobility work? Do I need to do strength training, cardiovascular work? And if I'm doing that work and it's not working in my body, what's going on? And so taking a step back, thinking about what's going on, understanding the pain and where it's originating from. So it might be seeking out professionals. It might be just stopping in the midst of my workout and saying, huh, why is this hurting? Looking at my form. Look in the mirror, guys. When you're working out, look in the mirror. What's your form look like? Is there something going on that's causing some sort of instability that has to do with postural alignment? And then moving through those things and understanding that as we age, we need different things in our lives. We need more strength training as we age to make sure that those bones are functioning properly and there's enough pressure on them to be able to continue in the same route. We, want, we get weaker. We lose muscle mass every single year as we age. It's, it's one, it's one it's of the true. things that I, that I wish that I would have really... I, I oh, actually I started lifting as a teenager, yeah. and then I took a really long break. And as a triathlete in my 30s, um, it was one of the components that I really stopped yeah. incorporating, which was really doing strength training. Yes. Now I'm almost doing exclusively strength training. I do stretch and I do other things as well. But, um, but it's to more be holistic to, to now. To be able to, yeah. bring, to bring the stability and the support to the body, yep. which is really, we've talked about this before, about this balance between flexibility and stability. Mm -hmm. And so the more movement you have, sometimes people are thinking, well, the more flexible I am, the better. Well, it's not really like that. You really mm -hmm. want to have a balance between the amount that your body moves and the amount that your body is supported in a particular area. And so, especially say in the lower back, if, you're, if the back of your legs are really, really flexible, you're actually gonna cause some weakness in your lower back. So maybe speak a little bit to that. So um, this is very common. 
So unlike most people on the and in my field, I believe that stability comes first and mobility comes second. Because if if something if a joint or a muscle is unstable and hypermobile or in some way, shape, or form not functioning properly, and you add load to that, it's like putting you know a massive rock on a very small rubber band. It's going to break. You don't want that to happen. So making sure that everything is stable first. So understanding what that means in your body. So adding small amounts of load as you're moving forward, what that might look like in a practice would be practicing on the knees, starting with a push-up. So you would come into you know that quadruped position, lining up all of the joints, and so then on your bend hands the, and knees, on the hands and knees. You bend the knees and you go into a push-up position. How does that feel? What is that doing in your body? Maybe even having somebody videotape you to see what's going on. And then if that is stable and that feels good, that's when you can start to play with bringing the legs out and coming into a full plank position. Then you hold that plank. Are there any places in the body where that's dipping, where you're not having the stability? If there are, you fix that first before you move into a full push-up. Really important. Stability before flexibility. Okay, a lot of people are doing, doing the other way around. They're going into the gym, they're trying to stretch first before they're warmed up, and then they're lifting weights. A little bit of dynamic movement to get your body warmed up, lift your weights, do, do your stretching on the back end if you're gonna do that. Yeah, don't laugh. I've had, with my professional athletes, I ask them many times before I come to see them that they get on the bike, on the elliptical, on the Versa climber, 10 to 15 minutes, light resistance. Then they do their practice with me. And when I go to the gym, I try to think about what I'm trying to work. And there are times that I will do a short cardiovascular light piece before I go into my mobility, before I go into my weight training. So guys, it's very, very different as you age and as you start to really pay attention to your body, what your workouts look like. Because my strength training may be 20 minutes of a 40 minute workout. And the rest of it is some cardiovascular activity to warm up the body and some mobility work. And what was it before? Oh like... boy. Sorry to tell you guys this, but 90 minutes of yoga five times a week. And how is not, that working for you? Does, yeah, exactly. Does not make a stable body. So think about balance. Balance. So if, if that's what you want to practice, then do that two days a week and then do your strength training. I'm. I've got that tendency to be a very extreme person. So, really? yeah, really? I had noticed you had that noticed about that. You. No, not all the time we know each other. So, I was literally doing mobility training daily, and I was having lower back issues, and I was having ankle issues, and I was having wrist issues, and I was having um, issues with the tops of my feet. Every single part of my body was breaking down because I was literally going into the same movement pattern all the time. So having, a, so having a variety of different things that you're doing, so you're hitting yes. the body at different angles. And, and, and understanding what your goal is. I was super mobile then. Now I go back into a yoga practice and I am so strong and I can do all the little crazy 
balancing postures with such ease because my body's strong enough. The container that I built is strong enough. And that stability is there. The stability is the key. Mm -hmm. Is the key. Coming from a mobility coach, stability is key. Let's talk for a moment about um, posture. Sure. Um, how is it... What's the question? The question is, when you're incorporating posture into athletics, mm. okay, because a lot of times people who are playing sports are not so self-aware yes. of what it is that they're doing. What do you do to help them to improve their posture in the course of their workouts? So it really depends on the sport and what we're trying to accomplish with that. But when you think about anything with regard to postural alignment, one of the key items is core strengthening. So in the athletic paradigm, sometimes that's forgotten. So I, I, look, I look at it like a car. The paint job looks great. So you got all the muscles, everything looks great. But the chassis, the core is typically weak. So I try to hit that first. So I, part of the progression that I work through is I'm testing my clients the entire time through. So even testing them in that plank position and understanding what starts to break down first. So I work on um, the anterior and posterior chain, so front and back of the body, core. Core is not just the belly and the six pack. It's everything from the shoulders all the way down to the hips. So if we can get that part of I the body. I would even take it even down to the thighs. Yeah, here, yeah, exactly. Front, so, yeah, yeah. So we can go here, and sometimes people go core and they point here. Well, core, you gotta extend it. All the way out. All the way around, 360 degrees, all yep. the way around your body. So that's what I hit first for postural alignment, is trying to understand is their core working, is everything working? And then what's the stance they need to be in in their sport? So I like to call my corporate athletes. Let's talk about people who are desk jockeys. What are they typically doing? This, all day long, driving, sitting at the desk, typing. So for folks like that, taking little desk breaks, doing a little twist and twist, maybe a little stretch backwards, a couple times throughout the day to remind their body that they're okay. The other piece is, is having them get up and walk around. So if you're sitting down for long periods of time, your body's gonna get tired, worn out, those joints are gonna hurt. So having them get up and walk around, that's one of the things I encourage people to do. Um, when you're working with an athlete who's in a particular stance, let's say someone who's a lineman, they're gonna be more in that athletic stance of the bent knees and the hunch down to make sure that they can maneuver from side to side. Well, are they bracing their core? Are their shoulders back? Are they thinking about strength from the bottom up? So postural alignment really has to do individually with what somebody is trying to achieve out of it. Begin with the end in mind again. What are you trying to achieve? But for most people, the shoulders have started to roll forward, the head has started to roll forward, and the core is not engaged. So those are pieces that I start with with everyone and then moving on from there. Very good. So one last thing, and then sure. we want to kind of, uh, kind of uh, round this out here, sure. is to talk about meditation, mm -hmm. relaxation, going inside. I know people are very busy. Their stress levels are high. They're not thinking clearly. They're not sleeping well. I really think that sleep is a major component to that. Oh, so do I. And so being able to keep yourself in a more relaxed state mm -hmm. to 
to kind of dial it down a bit. Yeah. <clears throat> so what is a simple practice that people can do to incorporate quieting their mind down? What is something, what, what is it that you do to quiet yourself down? And what is it that you're teaching other people to help them quiet down so that they can actually get into that place? So this is a great topic. Um, I'm dealing with a personal, something that's moved from a, an acute state of stress to a chronic state of stress in my life. And likely this will be for a very long time. And so through this process, I have... This is for you? For me. Yeah. I've gotten reintroduced <clears throat> to anxiety, stress, and sleeplessness. And so going back into my mind of all the tools that work for me and work for my clients, one of the super simple things that I do is several times throughout the day, I stop, even if it's for 30 seconds, and I close my eyes, and I take a deep breath, just like we were doing with Hank earlier when, when we were on the floor, belly and chest breathing, and I stop and I slow down and I ask myself how I'm doing. Now, that's scary for a lot of people because if I'm asking myself how I'm doing, I might not be doing well. And I get the answer, and it's usually pretty quick. Once I get that answer, then I know do I need to sit for a few more minutes or, or ask myself what I need to do. And typically it's just to sit and to ground and to listen on the inside. Another thing that I do along with that is check my heart rate. So I know what my baseline heart rate is, and for most people they have an Apple Watch or a Fitbit or some sort of tool. You can even check your heart rate. Yeah. Check on your on the neck, right? Exactly. So knowing what your heart rate is and seeing what the variability is throughout the day. It's a term called HRV, heart rate variability. There are tools that you can purchase like HeartMath that do this for you. But you can self-regulate on your own. So if you're going through stressful aspects during the day, your heart rate and your blood pressure will likely increase. If you can take a look at that several points in the day, you know when your heart rate starts to speed up. We're all aware of that. So checking that and, and watching how long or how short that time period takes to slow back down to baseline is going to tell you how healthy your body is. That's a key component because as we move through stressful situations, and I've noticed this in myself, that heart rate variability shifts. And sometimes it takes a lot longer to get from those higher rates to those lower rates. So then what do we do then? Deep breathing brings down the heart rate. Consistent exercise brings down the heart rate. Going outside, walking out in nature for a few minutes brings down that heart rate. Talking to a friend, and talking it out, talking to a counselor, professional, all these things will help. So it's about checking in so you don't check out. Because if somebody doesn't do that for a long period of time, they can end up with issues like high blood pressure, chronic stress, anxiety. Another thing that I do- Just make them sick. Yeah, another thing that I do is, is, is sit in the morning before I start my day. And doing some of the exercises like we did the morning wake up, checking in moving my joints a little bit, checking in with my body, how am I feeling, how am I doing today? And really making sure that it's even, if it's 30 to 60 second check-in, it's those constant pieces of understanding. Now if you don't have time during your day, you can do it on your commute to work, back, you can do it um, in between activities, whatever it is, just taking that time to check in. Biggest thing that I do, mm -hmm. the biggest thing I suggest to my clients. Awesome.
Awesome. Well, this has been amazing. Is there, is there anything else that's on your mind right now that maybe you want to add to the conversation? I don't have any other questions at this point, but hmm. anything Good that uh, you want to add? Um, the conversation is so deep and so rich, and it's something that everybody really needs to incorporate movement and stretching, and uh, whether it's dynamic or static and doing stability work, all of these different things. So having the tools and resources for yourself to be able to help take care of yourself, help take care of the people that you love around you, and really have the best life possible. So Absolutely. No, I don't really have anything else to add. I mean, people can um, can follow me on Instagram at The Stretch Lady. They can follow me on Facebook at The Stretch Lady as well. And then on Twitter, it's The Stretch Lady One. And I give a lot of tools and practical advice, mostly from things that are happening in my life, in my day with my clients. So I try to give those practical, pragmatic tools so that people can have things to work with. But one of the most important things really is to listen on the inside. And that can be hard because sometimes we don't like the answers that we're getting. Or the chatter. <laughs> or the chatter in the mind. And just understand, you know, um, one of the things that I get a lot of questions about is meditation. And meditation is nothing more than focused concentration. Because your mind is going to wander. That's the way the mind is. We are set up from the baseline of our caveman days that anything that is a distraction could be danger. We do need to pay attention to it. And sometimes that is important for us to pay attention to because it can change and alter our lives. So knowing that that background noise is gonna be there, but being able to sit in the moment in our bodies and our minds and to calm down for just a few moments to listen and to be still is one of the most important things we can do and it's one of the things that's really lost in our society. And I do believe that sleep issues, anxiety issues, road rage, a lot of the challenges we're dealing with today could be very, very easily solved by people checking in multiple times per day, understanding what's going on, and really doing the things that they need to do for their own personal well-being so that they can help with the well-being of others and not bring yeah. that stress out into the world. Absolutely. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Thank we you. have the stretch lady here. Thank you. This has been a real pleasure. Um, this is Living Max Health. I'm Dr. Brad Wolf, and we're really here to try to help to transform world health. We're here to help you, the things that you do in your life to be able to help to, to live better, to age better, to live a better life, and enjoy your life as much as possible. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you. This exercise is something that you can do at the end of your day to calm your body down and make sure that everything is at homeostasis before you go to bed. So what Hank is gonna do is he is going to start to breathe deeply into both his chest and his belly. So go ahead and close your eyes, Hank. And then allow your breath to move all the way through the chest and then all the way down into the belly. If this is a challenge for you, which it is for most people, think about filling up a pitcher of water and you would wanna fill the pitcher all the way up from the bottom to the top. So think about the inhale coming into the chest and then belly and expansion, and then releasing the breath out from the belly to the chest. So for most people, breathing into the belly is very challenging. Most of us are shallow breathers and we breathe into the chest. So a nice proprioceptive tool that I like to use is adding some sort of weight onto the belly. So I'm gonna go ahead and do that now. So I'm gonna drop, this is about a six pound weight, onto his belly, and now when he comes into that breath work, what he's gonna do is he's gonna lift his belly up to push the weight up, and now you can see that weight pushing up. Incidentally, it's a nice little 
ab exercise as well. And then he's gonna release that weight all the way down. You don't need a fancy weight. You can just use a pillow or a heavy blanket or a heavy towel and you'll be able to get the exact same response. But what this is doing is bringing complete oxygen exchange into the body and it's allowing him to relax. As far as the leg positioning, you do not need a fancy pillow. You can use an ottoman or you can use any sort of high pillow. What you wanna do is let the diaphragm relax onto the ground and the lower back relax and that's why I have his legs in this angled position.